What is up everyone? This is Sarah G and it is Gen Z Gab. Let's get into it. So Monday mood is gonna be none other than we should watch Netflix travels with my father especially because Father's Day is coming up and if you really want to heal your inner child that is one of those films that you should go oh, well not film series and I know I've mentioned it in the past but I really adore the relationship between those two and season two and season five the last season just you can see a lot of the growth that goes on between all of them so yeah just thought I'd mention that quickly also, we will get into the Colleen Bollinger fiasco later, but right now I wanted to talk a little bit about just something that's been kind of weighing on me when I've been doing a lot of reflections. Uh, you know, if anybody has known me through life in different stages, but I kind of think about even my college days lately because I was such a anxious bag of nutcase, whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of days I've been having reflections as a lot of the youngest siblings of my brother's grade have been graduating. So I've just had a lot of like parallel thinking like to six, seven years ago when I was in college, starting college, how old I feel these days, like I said. And just if anybody ever had like a weird situation or felt like I was weird as fuck, I'm, yeah. And I didn't really know how to respond. I was very awkward. I was very shy chatterbox, like I've said. I have ADHD, which I know that people are going to say, what does that got to do with everything? It's got to do with everything. Because I think about all the weirdest moments that I had over time. And just even no matter how hard I tried to make friends, it didn't always work. I also remember, like, I had the weirdest freshman year, okay? Like, we had a tornado in February. And I was freaking out like the whole world was going to die. But that's the problem with anxiety and having ADHD. And the more time that I speak and hang out with, like, people on TikTok, you name it, talking about that, the more seen I feel, if you know. And I feel really bad if anyone's going through this own feeling where they don't have the right medication. And I just wanted to emphasize this, especially if you're someone just going into college, having all these like trepidations and fears and whatever about how things are going to go. And you're scared that you need something else to try over the summer. But we also have an Adderall slash Vivance shortage, etc. And there's all these conflicting things you're not alone like even thinking about all of my moments of school I'm 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 literally about to throw up why because I get anxious thinking about the path me would I have done some things differently yeah what if I wasn't so you know got the fear of God put into me with different things oh yeah but that's life and I just wanted to say if anybody weirdly is listening to this that may or may not know me that's just how it is and it's life and if you're even just someone who's in college because of COVID everything has made you 10 times more neurotic and lonely and whatever that's okay I think we're told to like present ourselves so differently and then that built up stress like I think the reason that I have some thyroid issues now not for a variety of other reasons which I think go hand in hand a lot of these things 
that is because I was trying to hold myself back and trying to, you know, not do too much, not do too little, like this inner monologue inside my head. And I know a bunch of people are going to be like, this sounds so insane. It does, but jaw clenching and all that stuff is like kind of that when you're trying to mask or not mask. There's just so many nuances and I just wanted to talk about this quick because Dr. Courtney Tracy, who's the truth doctor, um, Dr. Judith, the psychiatrist on TikTok, both of them have said different things along the way. Dr. Kim, all these amazing women psychiatrists etc. have talked about it on these social media platforms of like forms of masking, whether you have ADHD, autism, both, or, you know, personality disorder, you name it, just all these different things. And then I realized how much was holding me back when I was trying to make sure that I didn't look like a crazy person, which I already know I did because I stared around. I did this stuff. I did that stuff. And then they always talk about the whole thing like where I bet people thought I was like a flirt compared to what I was actually. I like to kind of get chins out. But this is the story of an ADHD girl or an anxious girl slash a audio ADHD or whatever. You know the drill. Like, I'm just being honest about all this stuff because lately I've seen a lot of younger kids struggling with this and you know, being open and honest about it while they're in high school, you know, not the mommy bloggers doing that, thank God, but there's so many issues that we haven't even discovered yet there, but I think it's important to keep these conversations going. Also, I've just decided that, you know, the more that I open up some of these dialogues in my family, the more I realize it's so hard being the one that's trying to, you know, heal some generational trauma. I'm not the only one, but it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel so much better, more free lately. And I just wanted to say that because I feel like we have like a lot of these weird feelings when we're moved back home, don't know what to say, don't know what to do. And, you know, you're scared to sometimes call out your family members and then once you do, you wind up crying or screaming or whatever. But then you can have this very beautiful open dialogue at the end. And I'm not at all an expert again on any of this stuff. This is just me thinking through a lot of things that have happened recently. And when I get stressed, everything else just slowly comes in like a boulder, wrecking ball, you name it when it comes to me thinking about the past and that's the intrusive thoughts that is anxiety and OCD. So I just, I wanted to tell anyone that's feeling this way right now, whether it be the pandemic that made you that way, whether you were just born, well, I mean, we're all kind of born like with some of this stuff predisposed, I guess is the best way to say it. But yeah. I don't know what else to really explain on that because that sounds kind of weird, but it's just more of like a, with a lot of these mental illnesses, there's not as much luckily stigma, but there's still a lot going on in this world and we need to continuously talk about it. And especially like we have to add the intersexuality to it because I think that we considerably miss the mark a lot of the time. And with that like the recent track star 
woman who had her baby that was stillborn and then had it at her house and all this stuff, like the medical issues that go along with society, etc. Just it's just proving like why we still need to make an effort, why intersectionality matters so much. But I think about everything, like I joined to try to get to know people. And then I realized that I was still surrounded by clicks. And then when you're kind of the oddling out, like people will think you're, I don't like inherently being alone. Like that's the difference between ADHDers and a lot of other type of neurodivergence. We don't like actually being alone, but then when people keep rejecting us, we sometimes try to get ahead of it and then have that avoidant attachment disorder like I talk about. And it's just so, you know, a big time reflection I've been having lately with myself. The more that I've been, you know, auditioning for things, realizing other things that go on in life. I have, like I said, re reflected more in my life these past couple of years than I've ever been before. And I just realized that it's okay. I'm not that old. I haven't really done a lot of life stuff yet. And that's okay. And the reason that maybe I was a boring person who didn't go out was because I had all these things and I was trying to overcome the, you know, the world saying you can't do this because x y and z so i i pushed myself into more of a burnout in the end but i don't regret a single thing that i did and i know it sounds that way but that's what reflection is i mean i did say and it's kind of yes uh doubled down now about what i'm conveying but what i just mean is that like I'm disappointed in some of the things I did in the past, but so are so many other people. And what I did in the past, you know what, is I protected myself and maybe it didn't go 100% the way that I thought it did, but at least I can live with myself and my, you know, maybe my disappointment or regrets are that maybe I might have not lived life to the fullest or whatever. But I truly think that I doing what I do is living my life to the fullest, if that makes kind of sense. I think creating a podcast is living life to the fullest. I think snuggling my dog is living life to the fullest. I think, you know, running to the beat of your own drum is, is winning at life. I don't know really how to say it. I'm without coming out like really entitled or really like a spiritual or whatever or bitchy or a know-it-all but that's just kind of the takeaway that I had that I thought about more than ever and I just wanted to talk about it a lot in the beginning of this podcast because it's been weighing on my mind heavily and I think that especially for other people who might be in my shoes it's okay we're not alone we're not failing at anything everyone's got a different path and I know it's cliche to say but the more that you see people getting engaged or getting a house with a dog or having a kid and you start to feel like you're running out of time just remember even all this sucks and my mom always says it to me too that we were in a pandemic so unless your life was more that picture perfect and something still came tumbling down here and there but unless your life was a uh, picture perfect before 
the pandemic, like you had more things lined up, that's okay that it's not figured out. It's okay you don't have everything figured out. The pandemic screwed you over especially. So, and I know success looks different on everyone. Which, again, I get really annoyed by those comments because to me, like, my family goes, you're looking successful, yeah, but I don't feel it. But that's just because, unfortunately, with how our society is and with how social media is, it just kind of makes us feel like we're not there yet. Which leads me to talk about the social media issue. Let's dive into Colleen Bollinger aka Miranda Sings, and let me just preface this trigger warning it, this is all we is going on. I addressed it a little bit last week, but I wanted to, you know, see a little more so that I could form an opinion a little bit better, because I always got kind of weird vibes from her. I tried to watch like haters back off and all that stuff but I could not there just always seemed to be something that was really creepy and disturbing off of her like I don't know why but maybe it was because she was just so loud and in your face and then yeah as more time went on just a lot of things just started to feel weird and then her ED was very triggering for me and to watch a bunch of that stuff unfold like she's been problematic for a very long time but the more that comes out of some of the you know former fans or people that worked with her etc the more that makes me go how are we not considering where she's a problem like again or how are we only now seeing that she's a problem in a lot of her ways And I know a lot of people are going to now use this as a way to draw people in and say a bunch of stuff. But what people don't seem to get is the predators that are also females. And I'm saying there are way more male out there and it's way more happening females. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the weird things she did on stage made so many kids feel violated I'm talking about that one video that that girl spoke about and how she herself had been violated later in life and it felt the same way and it's just as well as the whole Adam thing and you know it it makes me think of all these situations where we just have become so normalized with things like I'm sorry I, yes, I've said this, I used to kind of look up to the vlog squad, but the more stuff comes out and the more that I see things, the less respect I have, the less um, complacency I have with what we're doing with our society, the less that I feel is okay with this, and the more I question why we are so okay with allowing these famous people to be in charge of running our society. It's not just even influencers who don't do anything or talented. It's also just like a lot of people who say you can't take a joke or this is not what it was meant to mean, but it's like so many of them are going to get some sort of harassment claim 
and it just seems like a lot of times that that we really are so oblivious to what is going on around us. Like, again, people hate watch Trisha Paytas, but they still watch and give her a lot of views. Same with Colleen Bollinger. I think this is going to get... An, I really hope this doesn't get swept under the rug because everything that like, keeps coming out more just adds to my ick factor with her. And I think that, you know, because she's a woman, she might get away with it a little more. But I don't know. I don't know. And people go, what do you mean a little more? Because men don't technically go to jail for this. I know, but there's just something off, like, where I think that we think it's, like, funnier in society when it's a woman doing it to a man. And, again, I have to say, though, men only, like, uh, Matthew Lawrence said this recently on one of his podcasts, that it's only still about a third of what women go through or say, which again is great. But I think what we just need to keep talking about the predatoryness that comes along with between vlogger families, between, you know, YouTubers and just the whole industry. We shouldn't just say it's the network. Or we shouldn't just say blame it on one thing. We should blame it on all the things, not just, you know, A, B, and C, if that makes some sense. Maybe it doesn't, but the fact of the matter is the thing that disturbs me the most recently is that video that people were talking about where, you know, Miranda did the yoga on the stage and, you know, the girl didn't feel great and she felt really, like, exposed and just, you know, even hearing her story made me feel really uncomfortable. And I think that we need to acknowledge that because I think that people are thinking, oh, it was just a bit. But the problem with, you know, Colleen's bits are that they're very over the top and actually not funny. They're very violating. They are very ableist and just so many other things. She has zero self-awareness on what's going on in life. And yes, before anyone says she was a really sheltered kid and there was so many problematic things. But like, did we learn anything from the Duggars? No. It seems like so. I just, I don't really know what else to say there because, again, it's a lot of nuances. There's a lot more that is coming out with the story. What I will say is, though, that it's been kind of like, I didn't like that she shows her kids so much on social media. I'm always nervous, like, when more of these type of people who say that they won't than will. And it's just that it's making me, like, really concerned to see the level of parasocial relationships, even the stuff that I've gone through, where, you know, you think that you're friendly with other people that are just chasing fame and will do just about anything. And I think that that is really troubling. So yes, I get annoyed with how slow it feels like I'm moving with. And it's, you know, other people who didn't think they'd be like that. But the problem is that influencers are kind of what later millennial, early Gen Z is drawn to. Like in the same way that younger millennials, I think it's Gen X, I guess, or... The next one, I can't quite say. 
and reality TV, whatever, like the ones that were born in 1980 through like 1995 and their obsession with reality stars. So it's kind of the same thing. And, and the name dropping and like between that and plastic surgery obsessions, like it's just so different and out of my wheelhouse to say what might be better or worse. And I know this sounds really confusing and that I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I think that that's the point of how much like we can be sucked into a variety of different things and normalize so many things. Like I said this, the BFF pod, like Dave is in his 40s hanging out with two 20 year olds and we just think that's normal. The fact that Dave knows these like kids and he's had so many sexual abuse allegations against him that he brings it up though when someone else has one against but nobody talks about Dave nobody cares like it's just swept under the rug or people say that they're lying and that's just really frustrating to me and why people are like oh do you listen to BFFs anymore I only listen because of Dave why would you be listening just because of Dave and I know that that sounds so like Sarah why are you so angry well, because again, it's so many different layers that go in this tunnel of what the fuck is going on and like, why are we normalizing so much of this? Also, like how many of them refer to themselves as good people, good guys? That's like, no, like the more that goes on, the more it feels like, uh, what am I doing here? And this is kind of not okay. And I feel sick just talking about this. And I know I've talked about it a lot, but yeah, just the more that you go under that, through that rabbit hole and you start to worry about the, some of the people that you know of or the people that you kind of like thought were probably better than they were because they're getting dragged into this train, but it's like the money and the power that come along with it. And another person like somebody was talking about was the Titus sisters. And again, I don't really want to name drop too much because one in the off chain, somebody actually listens to this. And two, it's like they deserve their privacy too because they're in their 20s, young, whatever. And before people say, oh my gosh, take a drink every time Sarah says whatever. My point is that their mental health, like on one hand, it's good and relatable to see a mental health journey, not just for views. But on the other hand, everyone should be entitled to their privacy. Like the reason I love Zendaya and Tom Holland so much is how protective of their relationship they are. And I actually wouldn't say that they are someone that are very uh, inspiring because they're actually like a normal 20-something year old couple that's trying to just keep their relationship, you know, kind of private, just that they get along, they kind of check all the boxes. It's just more normal than anything I've seen in a while. Now, I don't know how else to really put it, but that's kind of maybe something people strive for, but it's just very rare in Hollywood to see, whereas everyone else is like taking pictures and running into the limousine and just doing beyond weird things. And I just say this because I want people to realize it's okay to be different and that's why I started on my own like path like where I started with like my own feelings my own mental health my own weirdness quote-unquote because I didn't follow along with these popular people these trends these whatever I just kind of do things and you know if you're, you're trying to kill people with kindness that, yeah, does work. It's just that it still doesn't make you the most popular in the room, but that's okay. Because when you think about it, a lot of other 
people are not going to make it huge. And even once you've made it huge, you can see how unhappy half of these people are. I bet Colleen, well, for start, Colleen is not a happy person. Colleen Bollinger clearly is not a happy person. If she needs to be on social media 24-7, showing off kids, showing off how skinny she is, that is not helpful. And again, people go, the Kardashians, yeah, none of them are really happy. That's why they keep having fights with everyone and then they change around their scapegoat. And I think about this a lot because, yes, I might not be the happiest person and I'm always striving to better myself, but I'm not like a lot of other normal humans out there. Like, not every human's going to be happy all the time. Like, we got to accept that. But there's a difference between us thinking that, like, money and society and status will completely fix all our problems because, no, it won't. If anything, I've noticed it makes people do dumber shit and makes them look ten times more miserable. And, you know, to me, I'm like, oh, I can't form friendships till X, Y, and Z, even if I try. But then I'm like, no, wait, Sarah, you're not the problem. And I'm not saying that in a sense of, unless you're being you and unless you're being a completely malicious person and whatever, but if, if you're a kind person, and I know that that's such a cliche, but if you're a kind person, yes, you're going to make mistakes. As a human being, you're going to make mistakes. So if you make the occasional mistake, but nothing that like, you know, crosses a line or a boundary of epic proportions, you can usually, you know, reflect try to work on yourself, become a better human, whether that be going through therapy, doing shadow work, whatever you want to call it. But usually you can fix some things. You can't fix everything. And a lot of stuff is too normalized where we have to acknowledge that as well, that just because, you know, this is considered normal behavior doesn't mean that it's okay. But I think that that's also too broad of a term. And the only reason that I'm kind of going back and forth and back and forth on this is because I think at least this is what I've been trying to see the world as gray, you know, not black and white, not just, you know, red or blue or all these different like absolutes. Because for starters, in a lot of ways, I don't think of things in an absolute. But I try to think less in absolute now, and I try to think of it more as, okay, what is this specific situation got to do with how it's going to plan out the next couple of moments? And I know that that sounds really strange, but here's why. I try to listen, learn from others, and try to expand. Am I going to be perfect 100% of the time? No. Are we going to still unfortunately hurt people? Yes. But do you think that if we can work on ourselves, etc., and be, you know, take a moment back and reflect and try to see how you go from there, that, you know, your thought process can expand, you yourself as a human being will expand, and, you know, find a healing way towards, you know, keeping that bond that you have? Yes. But it also comes back to both parties have to be in agreement. And the reason that I'm saying that clearly in this case, in these cases, everything is one-sided, a lot of things are shallow, and a lot of things are completely misleading or fake. And that's where you see these influencers who are friends with other people, and then they get sad with how 
They're like, I'm around so many fake people. Well, yeah, you should re kind of consider and reflect, but you're not going to do that. Or, you know, the money and the fame and the glory, it clearly does things. Like, we've been seeing that forever. And I just needed to specify that again, because I don't think that we have a grasp on it. Like, in some ways, we do have a grasp on it, like, with the more celebrity and some of that. But I just think about, like, the more people you know, the more disappointed you get. And it's, again, that never-ending cycle, shame spiral that you get when you look up to people, in the media especially. And I'm gonna just finish this off with a different separate note of moving to a different state and with like what's going on with me. I've just seen a lot of, not even influencers, but just people my age going like, this city's so expensive, so moving to LA, moving to this other place is so much less expensive, and I'm like, I can't afford anything anywhere right now. And I think that a lot of people, like, who are living at home feel this way, and I think that that goes back into some of the FOMO and feeling like, we're not doing enough, we're not getting enough anywhere that we go and I just wanted to say that's okay and with my like little side job that I'm doing right now I had to buy more clothes that were a little more than just the shorts the yogas whatever and that's again it's like you have to put on like a real presentation it's like just look more put together but not so much that you feel like you're kind of having that imposter syndrome and I know that sounds so dumb but that's kind of where I've been put in, like, the point of my life is that, look, I'll turn 26 in November, probably not doing much different than what I'm doing right now, and that's okay, I guess. Again, you'll see me next week. Who knows what I'll have to say. Again, this is one of the last two episodes before taking a break until I see what I what happens with me. Because, again, I got so much other stuff going on. We don't really know what is going to happen after this. Again, I have loved each and every one of you in this Gen Z Gab world. I just do not freaking know what is going to happen afterwards, and that is completely okay. It's just that, and the more I say okay, the more that it doesn't feel okay, but I really want to have the energy and not the burnout anymore of doing this. This just is starting to feel like a chore where it's not fun anymore, and I think that a lot of Lately, luckily, a lot of, you know, the big-time podcasters have kind of said the same things, and some of them are leaving their thing, taking a break, and I think that we need to normalize that more as well. Because, again, going, 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 gone is so incredibly tiring to watch. And, I mean, I used to follow some of those, you know, YouTubers before, and now only they make their money off of Snapchat. But then I think, how sad is that? Yes, they make like 100k a year a day or whatever, but how sad is that? Because now they're like trying to buy people on their close friends list, whatever. They go downhill. They're not really pushing. They're burnt out from all the stuff that they were doing beforehand that now they lack complete and utter creativity. Maybe they didn't even have creativity before. Maybe they were just so problematic and the more stuff... So you don't really know. I get that. I don't know it. They don't know it. Who the hell knows what it really is going there? But that was just kind of my takeaway 
from it all was that, like I said, the unhappiest people kind of can be some of the richest people we've learned throughout history, life, you name it. But at least we can get that feeling that suddenly the no days off is applying to more than just working out, etc. That mentality is really triggering, terrifying, you name it. And I think a lot of people who might have, you know, might have had addiction issues, eating issues, all that stuff, we replace one thing with another, whether that be exercise, with work, etc. You know, we just, we can't, until we take a step back and realize why are we doing all of this, I have to say, they've said this before, but social media is a little bit addictive, or maybe a lot of bit addictive. And that's why, you know, we need to consider all of our options and taking a break is okay. Some couple on social media are taking a break from their relationship and social media. People are now like, we were on a big Ross and Rachel type deal, etc. No, 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 no. That's not the type of break they're talking about. Just a type of break where both people are just don't see each other and they don't use social media etc. Sometimes that just means taking a break, taking a nap, staying in your room, not really going and doing other things because we are on a go, 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 go path. And that's actually one of the toxic cycles of the U.S. that we've talked about a lot on here. So I just wanted to keep that in mind. Not the toxicity that went on with the Miranda Sings, Dave Bernoy, um, Cooper Niaroga, which again, he's not, he wasn't, Cooper wasn't, I just meant the people around him, Taylor Holder, all of them have just so many issues. And before anyone says anything, why did you have to go into that? It's because I just wanted to emphasize, I talked a lot about text, about toxicity and normalization of a lot of things. And again, people are going to get mad at me, but again, I can't listen to the Neds the Classify podcast anymore because I just can't. Um, I know people hate cancel culture and whatever, but just, I can't do it, like, and they don't even talk about the episodes really anymore, and they get into weird stuff, and I know people are gonna say, well, that's just part of life, people grow up, but it's like, do we not know, we're forgiving of so much stuff that goes on, what Lindsay did, and yes, I understand she had some mental problem, I understand she's so burnt out, and I understand she tells it like it is, but the fact that we're, like, kind of scooting everything under the rug, whatever, for a lot of people, that just, it's like, there's no accountability, and that's what makes me nervous about the whole Colleen Bollinger thing, which I know people are gonna say those two things don't match, but it's like, in a way, though, but it, in a way, we still just seem to ignore it, kind of like Womblands and all that stuff. The Chelsea Hart, what was going on with them. I just start to feel a little annoyed lately with all those things that are going on and how much, again, we seem to sweep under the rug with these public personas. Again, we're not really talking too much about Brian Singer, which, again, people are going to be confused about what I mean. Just search it and you'll know it. And it's just, and then people go, well, it's not Harvey Weinstein level. Well, some of it is, and we just don't. Marilyn Mason, like, there's just so many problematic things that Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio does not date anyone under 25, doesn't date anyone over 25. He never does. He never will. And it's starting to get extra yicky. And again, the girl who dated him recently was Gami from uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. And again, they started dating when she was 19 and then he dumps her 
as she turns 25 or whatever. And nobody really is like talking enough about all this stuff. I mean, we talk about it, but we just kind of tack it up to normalcy. Again, never have I ever. I have nothing against Darren Barnes, who plays Paxton. I have, he's a great actor. I have nothing against him whatsoever. But the fact of the matter that Matiri was um, 17 when they started and he was 28, that's, again, we we make so many things so normalized, especially like with guys on those things. And again, he seems just fine. I have nothing against it, but I just, I feel like that's really uncomfortable. And people are saying, well, she was almost 18, but that doesn't make you an adult. Like again, your frontal lobe is not fully functioning until you're like 26. And again, I have nothing against that cast. I love that cast. I finished Never Have I Ever season four, and I used to really not like Davey for a variety of reasons. And people are not fighting me with how I feel about certain things, like how I said that Paxton, you know, they don't think I watched. I did, but again, everyone has a different interpretation. Everyone feels differently, and I understand that. But Paxton ignored her, made her feel bad at moments. Yes, I understand. Davey did cheat on him with Ben, which, I mean, yeah. And I get it that it's a whole fuck show of what the fuck is going on here and really cringy, but just my brain goes throughout season two and three. Davey got Paxton hit by a car and, you know, Paxton also kind of ignored her. He invited Trent on a date. Again, Trent is amazing. Like, I love when everyone chooses Trent on those team what are you, but it's just my takeaway of that I actually think it was written well in season four. Everyone, you know, had a lot of growth, especially Davey. And I loved the answer team Davey, but it really depends on, obviously, she doesn't need a guy to be happy, but if it works out, it works out. And I do like, in the end, just who she winds up with, but I don't really want to say that I don't think it's also problematic in other ways with just how the way that the a lot of these shows are written, etc. Or, you know, people are like, all these white guys winding up, you know, in the situation of these Mindy Kalen shows. And I guess it kind of works out because it's mirroring her and BJ Novick in a lot of ways. And I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure, like a lot of people have said, he is her baby daddy. He is her baby daddy. We all know that, like, whatever. And he was kind of her premise for Ben Gross. Okay, so that's just where a lot of people stand, and I just couldn't agree more. But yes, as we close up this episode of Gen Z Gab, just remember to keep an eye on air quality, wear your mask if you need to, because right now it is really bad outside. I can't believe that my family is at a softball game right now. I can't believe that they are playing. It's a little wreck team. It doesn't, it's not that serious, but I can't believe that they're playing that right now when the school like air score is like 150 to 200 which is like unhealthy for everyone but okay please try to be kind to each other and the environment you know what to do this has been episode 58 of gen z gap and we will see you soon uh-huh.